I turn the microphone over to the weekly appearance of Harav Binyamin Tavori and uh, we'll hear which personality he has chosen this week to introduce us to from the Gdolei Yisrael. Harav Tavori, please. This Shabbos Parashat Pinchas is the yard site of Rav Shlomo Palachek, better known perhaps as the Ili of Mejit, the Mejit Ili. Rav Shlomo Palachek was born in 1877, and at the age of 12, someone, Rav Yaakov Rabinovitz, met him and was so impressed with his acumen that he brought him to the Yeshiva of Alajan. The Yeshiva at that time generally accepted students approximately the age of 16, 17. But he was brought to yeshiva when he was 12 years old. In fact, at the original meeting with him, the Rosh Yeshiva allegedly said, why do you bring someone who needs to bring a crib along with him? And they said, well, why don't you talk to him in learning? Why don't you test him? And afterwards we'll see what size crib you think he really deserves, he really should have. They say that Reb Chaim, who was at that time, of course, a ram in the yeshiva of Alajan, Reb Chaim Salavechik, Reb Chaim Brisker, came into the interview, and he was so impressed with the intelligence, the breadth of knowledge of this 12-year-old, that he summed it up by asking, where do you come from? Where were you born? When he said that he lived in a town near Mejit, so Reb Chaim said, Ah, oh, then you're going to be known as the Ili of Mejit, the Mejit to Ili. According to legend tradition, this is the source of the appellation, the Mejit to Ili, which stuck all his life. In fact, today, where we have one Sefer printed posthumously of his Chidushim, the name of the Sefer is that is the name by which he is known in the entire yeshiva world. He celebrated his bar mitzvah in Valajan, which of course was also unusual, since they, the average student came in when he was 16 or 17, it seems very rare that there was a bar mitzvah. And at the bar mitzvah, he gave an original drasha, his own chidushim, which apparently impressed everyone, including the youngster himself, who overcome with who was overcome with emotion and burst out crying. He learned in Valashin and became especially close to his mentor, to Reb Chaim. I said before that Reb Chaim called him the Major Te'ilui. Later on, it was known that Reb Chaim said he never met an Ilui as great in the, as the Major Te'ilui his entire life. He learned for a few years in Valajan, but then he went to learn by Reb Chaim Ozer, and he also thought of learning in Musa Yeshivas for a while. He did not find that so much to his liking, and therefore he did not stay long in those Yeshivas. He apparently was autodidactic and studied by himself some modern Hebrew, some secular subjects, and when Rav Reines, the great leader of Mizrahi, 
founded his yeshiva in Lida, the famous yeshiva of Ravrinus. That yeshiva, of course, was unusual because they had a concept of studying secular subjects as well. It was a very progressive type of yeshiva at the time. So when Rav Reines founded the yeshiva, he appointed the major ter as the head of the of of the Gemara program of the yeshiva. And when Rav Reines was nifter, when Rav Reines passed away in 1915, so the yeshiva burden fell upon the major ter. And at that time, with the upheaval of the war, the major ter wandered around, went to Russia, had different problems with the revolution. He became a Rosh Yeshiva in the Yeshiva in Bialystok that was called Tachkimoni. But upon an invitation by Rabbi Revel, he accepted the position of Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva University in 1922. Now, at that time, Yeshiva University, of course, was really Yeshiva Sobitzel Rechanan. It was in the infancy of its stage as, as the Yeshiva, as the major Yeshiva the major role that it was to, p- to play as as being part of yeshiva, as being a part of a yeshiva university, but nevertheless, this step of of the major teilui to go to America in a certain sense put YU yeshiva university on the map. To that day, yeshiva university did not have any major gadol, any major re- world renowned tamit chacham who was. Who, had agree, who would agree to give a shear in that yeshiva. We know that one of the policies of Rabbi Revel was to try to institute the level of learning in yeshiva university to be the same as the yeshivas in Europe. In order to attain that position, he tried to influence many Rashi yeshiva, great Rashi yeshiva, to come to the yeshiva, to be there for a year or two, even to say, Ges Shiurim. We know that Reb Shimon Shkup came to Yeshiva University. He tried, Reb Revel tried to bring Reb Baruch Bear, and eventually, at the time of the Mejitur, the Mejitur was known as the outstanding Tamid Chacham of Yeshiva University. When some of the European Russian yeshiva came to America to raise money for their yeshiva, it is told that one asked the major why did you come to America? You should have stayed in Europe. You would have been a great Rosh Hashiva. And the the answer of Rav Palachek was, if I would have stayed in Europe and become a great Rosh Hashiva like you, I'd be in America today just like you. What did he mean by that clever answer? Well, it could mean that he said, if I had been in, Ameri- in Europe saying Shir and Yeshiva, I would have had the responsibility of a, a Yeshiva on my shoulders, which is what he felt after the death of R- Rabbi Rhinus. And therefore he knew he would have to travel to America, to the place where there was money which could support the Yeshivas, as uh, we would say, if there's no food on the table, so you can't learn. And that's what, what, was what he hinted, that he would be uh, raising money for yeshivas. And, uh, when he was in Yeshiva University, obviously, he w- could devote himself solely to learning and teaching, and did not have the responsibility of supporting yeshiva, which fell very heavily on the shoulders of Rabbi Revel. 
But Rabbi Palachik did not have that responsibility, whereas had he been in Europe, a Rosh Hashiva in Europe, he might have had that responsibility. Others have suggested a different and brilliant uh, hint of Rabbi Palachik's statement, if I would be a famous Rosh Hashiva in Europe, I would be in America today. Perhaps what he meant to say is, not only did he realize that Yeshiva University in America is a place of Torah, but he realized that eventually the yeshivas in Europe somehow will move to other areas. Like, we know that Yehuda was sent. We have a tradition that Yehuda was sent first in order to prepare the way for the brothers to go. The Medrash explains that Yehuda established a spiritual environment in Goshen. They say he set up a yeshiva in Goshen in order to prepare the way for his brothers to come. Similarly, the, the major anticipated the fact that eventually Torah institutions will be transplanted to America and it's up to great Russia yeshiva to pave the way for them to come to America where there was a type of prosperity and people could build the institutions which could therefore disseminate their Torah. Not only was Rabbi Polachik recognized in Yeshiva University, but in general he was a leader well accepted by the Orthodox community. He became a member of the Union of Orthodox Rabbis, was very active in the Mizrahi movement, and in general he enjoyed this great reputation of being a Talmud Mufak, a special Talmud of Reb Chaim of Brisk, and his reputation went before him. It is possible to posit that the Major also himself an autodidactic person who was involved at one time in secular subjects studied modern Hebrew he found a, that the yeshiva which would teach secular subjects a yeshiva which would be more open minded to the modern generation was indeed to his liking the fact of his life is that he taught in Tachkimoni which was also at that time considered a progressive type of yeshiva. He taught in Rabbi Rhinus's yeshiva, which certainly at that time was considered a modern type of yeshiva. And then he wound up in Yeshiva University, somehow shows that he identified with this st- style of life, with this style of learning. Unfortunately, of course, he died at a very young age. He was 50 years old when he was nifter. And it's hard to believe that this reputation of the, the major Te'ilui was established and so well embedded in American culture when we realized that he died so young at the age of 50. He was a great Zionist. As I said before, he was a member of Mizrahi. At one point in his life, he said that if he could, he would give up his career in America and go to Eretz Israel and become a farmer people apparently said to him, so indeed, why don't you do it? His response was that he doesn't know Hebrew, and I guess he didn't know much about farming either. 
the experience that he had in Valazhin or in uh, Brisk or in uh, Slabodke did not prepare him adequately for a life of being a, a chaklai, a farmer in Israel. So he said he wouldn't know what to do. So someone said to him, but if that were true, why do you teach in yeshiva? According to you, you don't know how to learn either. According to you, he was he was so modest and polite in all his behavior that people thought his modesty in all areas would mean that he could do whatever he wanted to do. He felt he couldn't, he felt he shouldn't reach these positions, but nevertheless he could do it. So if so, they really suggested, so why can't you go to, to Israel to be a farmer? We don't know what would have happened had he lived for Arichas Yamim. It's hard to project what would have happened. We do not have much literature, many chidushim from the Mejitur, but this awesome reputation still exists. The only Sefer that we have, as I mentioned before, is the Sefer Chidushe Ha'ilimi Mejit, which has a hundred shiurim, a few more than a hundred shiurim, on all areas of Shas. It's extremely brilliant. The style of learning is perhaps a little more pilpalistic than we are used to. The ones who were trained by the more the brisker method, sometimes are a little surprised by the perspicacity and insight of a pilpul type of approach, which is not does not seem to be the same style as Reb Chaim necessarily. The Sefer is known to be a classic. In my experience, though, I've seen not many people. I have not seen many people use the Sefer. I think they find it very challenging very difficult to understand, and therefore they don't use it. In a sense, it's a shame, because the reputation of the Mejitur is so great that it would be obviously important to the world, not only should his reputation be great, but that his his Torah should be spread more and should be learned for now and forever. You've been listening to Rav Tavori.